Today, I'd like to discuss the, uh, one of the four central principles of One Buddhism. They are four pairs. So let me read this. Everywhere a Buddha image, every act a Buddha offering. Timeless Zen, placeless Zen. One suchness in action and rest. Wholeness of both the spirit and flesh. Buddha Dharma is daily life. Daily life is Buddha Dharma. And today I'd like to um, talk about the third one, the wholeness of both the spirit and flesh. So let me read to you the chapter 16 of this Dharma book. Uh, the Dharma of the wholeness of both the spirit and flesh. The first paragraph goes like this. Since in the past, those living secular lives were not considered to be practitioners of the way. The evil custom of living idly without jobs prevailed among practitioners of the way, greatly harming individuals, families, and nation. So to understand this principle better, let's look at the historical context of early 1900s Korea. During that time, Korean Buddhism was mainly organized around monastic orders. Buddhist temples were located in the mountains, and Buddhist monks abandoned all other occupations and relied solely on donations and almsgiving. This lifestyle made it extremely challenging for lay people to engage deeply and regularly in the practice of the Buddha Dharma. Mr. Sutesan describes this situation as follows. Examining the practice of the past religions, they have emphasized only the practice in rest, saying that if we work, we can't practice, and if we practice, we can't work. Some have even left their parents, wives, and children behind and spent their whole lives deep in the mountains, Others only continues with their reading scriptures, unaware of the rain washing away the grain in the yard. How can this be called a well-rounded method of practice? So at that time, a dualistic notion existed about practice and work. And I still see it remains within us to some extent. Don't you think so? I once had the chance to meet Master Chua-san. Some of you may have met him. He visited One Dharma Center several years ago. He's the previous uh, former Head Dharma Master uh, of One Buddhism. And I expressed my difficulty in maintaining an evening practice routine due to tiredness after work hours at the One Dharma Center. And his response was an eye-opener for him. Do you know what he said? The first word that he said was, let go of the notion that you can only practice through seated meditation. Whatever you are doing, do it with undivided focus. Until that day, I had believed that I understood the teachings of One Buddhism quite well. You know, I'm a minister of One Buddhism, and I was teaching. But his words startled me. 
I realized that even after all these years of practicing one Buddhism, I was still confined by the fixed notions. I unconsciously believed that if I couldn't have a specific time for meditation at night and in the morning, I wasn't practicing correctly. Mr. Chosen did not say that seated practice was unnecessary. In fact, seated meditation is the very foundation of all spiritual practice. However, he emphasized that spiritual practice should not be confined to specific times or postures or places. We can and must practice while engaging in our daily activities. For instance, you know, maintaining an undivided mind, especially when working, and letting go of un all those unnecessary thoughts in our vital practice. They cultivate the spirit and contribute to our spiritual growth, as well as the quality of our productivity. You now, thinking ahead and preparing things ahead in advance um, is one of the important six mindfulness practices in one Buddhism. All these practices are best performed during our everyday work and activities. This is what we refer to as practice in time in action. Even if you practice meditation sincerely, yet overlook this aspect, the practice in action, your practice remains incomplete. Mr. Sotesan, our founding teacher of One Buddhism, emphasized that practitioners in the future should practice and work together in harmony. He believed that future religious practice must encompass both body and mind, seamlessly integrating them into one. This concept lies at the core of the principle of the wholeness of both the spirit and flesh. The idea of one suchness in action and rest further emphasizes it. They are like one pair. To realize these ideas, Mr. Sotesan aimed to create a spiritual community where life and practice were interwoven. So in 18, so 1918, just two years after his enlightenment, he began the Levy Project, which I don't even thought about. No. The, through the Levy Project, he aimed to reclaim marshal land and turn them into farmland. This project was the very first Levy Project in Korean history. To fund the Levy Project, they first established a saving union. They stopped smoking and drinking and also sold charcoal to raise funds. And with the money earned, Master Sotesan and his disciples began the daunting task of constructing the levee at deserted, muddy beach at Yongsan. In those days, 
more than 100 years ago, there was no modern machinery, such as bobcats or excavators. They carried mountains of field dirt on their shoulders or in the wheelbarrows. It seemed like an impossible task. Some village people thought it was a crazy idea and they ridiculed it. Despite the skepticism from the villagers, they persisted, and in 1919, they successfully reclaimed 22 acres of tidal land for farming. This not only provided the livelihood of the one Buddhist community, but also offered food for the village people. The Levy Project perfectly exemplified the core principle, core spirit of one Buddhism, the harmonious integration of spirit and flesh, truth and life. And five years after the Levy Project, Mr. Sutesan established his community in Iksan, Korea in 1924. It is now the headquarters of one Buddhism in Korea. And the principle of the wholeness of both the spirit and flesh was deeply ingrained in the community in Iksan. So despite having the 20, 22 acres of farmland, they were still financially very poor. They struggled to have enough food to eat and to sustain the community, they started to making rice taffy and selling them in the village. And they also rented other people's fields to cultivate crops. And after dinner, they would come together to share their daily experiences and discussing their practice and engaging their minds about the activities of the day. Mr. Sotesan would deliver Dharma talks. Then in the early morning, they practice meditation together. Let me introduce one story that shows Mr. Sotesan's mindset. So Sotesan's wife, Yang Haun, underwent numerous hardships managing the household and raising kids. And she engaged in the daily labor along with the other followers. The members of the community considered collecting donations to ease her burden, you know, because she was the wife of the master who was devoting himself for the community. So it makes sense, right, to collect some money and give the money to her. However, hearing of this, Mr. Sutesan advised to refrain from collecting donations for his wife. <laughs> Why? He emphasized that she should not impose a personal burden on the public. And he said, it would be a different story if she were unable to support herself. But because she's capable of supporting herself, she maintains an honorable and happy life. So as you see in this story, to cultivate a self-power in spiritual, physical, and material aspect in our lives, is highly valued in one Buddhism because with the balance of the self-power in those areas, we can attain the wholeness of both the spirit and flesh in our life. 
And the essence of this principle continues to be practiced in modern times. So one such practice is journaling, where practitioners record various aspects of their daily lives, including the hours spent working, studying, and practicing, and whether they use their mind skillfully or not, and their income and expenditure of the day. This practice is included in our scripture. So you might wonder what the need is to keep a record of income and expenditure of the day, and why it is in the Buddhist scripture. <laughs> so Sotesan explains it this way. The idea behind having practitioners keep a record of the handling of income and expenditures of the day is so that we may find a way to earn income if there is none and work diligently to generate income. If there are lots of expenditures, we may find a way to curb them so as to prevent poverty and find happiness. And that even the affluent may avoid becoming indolent. So for me, to keep a record of my expense and to track of my time daily is part of my practice. Because I know how I handle the material aspect of my life is deeply related to how I handle my mind. So I think perhaps now you have some idea about the meaning of the wholeness of both spirit and flesh. You? <laughs> so we practice meditation to become happier. But to ignore your everyday life because you want to become more spiritual and awakened, such an approach is misguided and would ultimately be harmful for ourselves and our society as well. The material or physical aspect of our life form the foundation of our spiritual journey. Likewise, our spiritual practice lays the groundwork for the material aspect of life, such as clothing, food, and shelter. We need those. So in a way, one Buddhism can be seen as highly pragmatic, right? So its purpose is to improve our lives through practice. This perspective is very different from a view of the world where enlightenment and our everyday reality um, are seen as separate entities. I always feel fascinated by the principle uh, that lays in one Buddhism, the wholeness of both the spirit and the flesh. So in the beginning, I read the first paragraph of chapter 16. Let me continue to read the following paragraphs. From now on, however, as we construct a new world out of the old, out of the old, the religion of this new world should be a living religion in which cultivating the way and life itself are non-dual. Therefore, by gaining clothing, food, and shelter through the truth of Ilwan Sang and the threefold study, and by gaining that truth through our clothing, food, and shelter and the threefold study, 
both our spirit and flesh will become one wholeness. To be of service in this way to individuals, families, societies, and nations is our aim. At the One Dharma Center, there are 15 ministers living and working together. Exemplifying the spirit of the wholeness of both the spirit and flesh. They take care of everything you know, needed to maintain the center, from cleaning and cooking to office work and teaching the Dharma. So each kyumunim, each minister, contributes to various aspects of the community. Venerable Chuksanim, sitting in front here, is our head Dharma master of One Buddhism USA. And he's also unofficially the director of our farming. And Reverend Yeri and Venerable Myeongtawonim, sitting in a chair back there, are also unofficially the vice director of farming. Most of the weeding in our garlic farm was done by them during the hot summer days. And Reverend Jay, sitting there, yeah. Reverend Jay's main job is working at the office of the One Buddhism USA headquarters. But I see him more often in tractor, mowing our walking trails, or fixing or installing something. Like the sound panel in the Ilwan Sang, his next project is, I believe, is some network system here in the Timeless Zen for smooth streaming of our service. So I hope we all can embrace the idea that our spiritual practice should be integrated into every aspect of our lives. And by doing so, we can experience the wholeness of our being, nurturing both our spirit and flesh. So starting tomorrow, the ministers will begin harvesting garlics in the morning for several days. Actually, Venerable Chuksanim, Myeongtawonim, and Reverend Yeri, they already started a few days ago. But officially, it will begin tomorrow. So it will begin right after the morning meditation, like at 6.45 a.m., and continue after breakfast for some time until it gets too hot to work. You have more garlic than last year, so it will take several days you know, to harvest them all. So as a way to experience the essence of the wholeness of both the spirit and flesh, everyone is invited to volunteer in the garlic harvest. <laughs> if, you, if you'd like to come, please wear an appropriate work shoes or boots because the, it can be muddy, the farm. So it was just coincidence of timing. <laughs> I didn't intend to announce this um, garlic harvest. But I thought it was a good idea to share this with you. So thank you for listening.